Hey everyone, welcome to the Lighthouse Podcast, where you can hear our latest teachings and conversations. So we're going to jump in this morning. If you have your Bibles, if you have your Bibles, and I'd encourage you to bring them if you don't, if you don't have a Bible, please let us know. Please let us know. We'd love to find a way to get you one. We'd love to find a way to get you one. Um, Let's open them to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to take another very cold drink of water. Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to end Ephesians 4 together this morning, starting in verse 28. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer but must work doing something useful with their hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. What a good word. Would you pray with me as we jump in this morning? God, I just thank you for your presence. We even just pause this morning Before we go any further, we just ask, Holy Spirit, would you continue to speak this morning? Would you continue to speak life? Remake us from the inside out this morning. We love you. Speak to us today, King Jesus. We love you. Amen. Amen. Last year was a pretty wild and stretching, daunting, joy-filled, and risk-taking season for us. Last year as a family, this was a pretty wild time leading up to Pastor Adam uh, reaching out to us and asking us to come. We were actually, and most of you know the story, but we were actually in the midst of a whole other transition. Um, Almost, we were trying really hard and almost to the point of toiling to make a whole other move work. And we we were left feeling pretty confused, uh, exhausted and discouraged. And honestly, we were were quite angry to be... (laughs) quite honest with you. Um, And then Adam's message comes. Right in the middle, Adam's message. And most of you already know, as I said, most of you already know the story, asking if we would come. And my first reaction was, heck no. (laughs) End of conversation. Um, But over the next three or four weeks, the best way I can describe it was just this, this curiosity. I couldn't ignore it. It was too hard to ignore. And so I asked for more info. A short time later, pretty much a year ago today, yep, a year ago this date right now, Tim was standing, I think, where I am sitting right now, and a picture came on the projector, and he was announcing we were coming. A year ago today. Isn't that cool? All because Adam sensed in his gut to ask a question. All because I had a sense in my gut that I couldn't ignore. A sense, a pulling, a feeling, a leading. You know, I believe, I believe very strongly 
the sense, the pull, the leading, that's God's presence. The Holy Spirit being a guide and a helper. What a, what a way to describe the Holy Spirit, a guide and a helper. In North America, and, and more specifically in Atlantic Canada, because that's our context, we do a very effective job of dressing our lives up, don't we? Whether it's, you know, building a new deck made from the golden rare lumber. <laughs> because we're bored or we're restless. We think the new deck will maybe satisfy that feeling for a little while. Well, if I build this deck, maybe I'll, I won't feel as restless. Or it's a new television at Costco because it was $500 off. Because we had a hard day at work. Or it's a new paint color because we're dissatisfied with our life at home. No, don't get me wrong. Purchases and renovations are amazing. I love them. They're very fun. Unless it's a purchase to mask something. Do you know what I'm saying? We are terrific at making our world look fantastic on the outside while we ignore the life on the inside. Control, really, it comes down to control and a desire to control, doesn't it? There's a, this is amazing. I was reading this this morning and I, I had to, I didn't have time to type it into my notes, so I brought it with me. It's a quote from a pastor I, I look up to quite a bit from a distance. John Mark Comer, he says this, Speaking about control and just the season of life we have found ourselves in in kind of a, a COVID world. And then there are far more commonplace examples of obsessive behavior in our everyday life for needing control. Reading or watching the news 10 times a day. Exercising and dieting to the nth degree. Cleaning or organizing our house constantly. Being angry or irritable with our kids or uptight with our spouse. The common denominator underneath all of these examples is a futile attempt to control something that is far beyond our actual control. We can't control a virus, a nation, a global economy, a natural disaster, so we attempt to emotionally compensate by grasping for something we can control. Wow. But what if it's okay if we're not in control? What if it's okay if we're not in control? What if the uncertainty of life with the new coronavirus could be one of the best things to ever happen to our spiritual formation? Wow. What if it's okay to not be in control? You know, I wonder why we do that. I wonder where that comes from, that, that desire to you know, pretend or, or mask something and to control, to not be our authentic selves, even if that authentic self in the moment is a mess. Eventually, what's inside does volcano out, doesn't it? And it's usually it's not very pretty. What are you filled with? What am I filled with? What leads me? What leads you? What pulls you? What guides you? Verse 30 points to a profound truth, and it's, it's kind of hidden in the midst of this section. I'm going to read it again. Verse 30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. I want us to look at this verse here. And there's so much in this verse or in this passage I read, 20, 28 through 32. And honestly, 
every verse would be its own message. But I just, I really felt this morning we were supposed to zoom in on, number, on uh, verse 30. So I want to look at this and at the same time, look at a story that points to, I think, the very same truth. So about five, more like, more like 600 years prior to this letter from Paul, the Hebrew people, the Israelites, had a king named Manasseh. He was not a good king, no matter what your definition of a good king was. There is just no way this man was a good king, especially for the Hebrew people. Now, as you remember, the Hebrew people were supposed to be this mirror of God's love and God's goodness into the world, right? God, the Hebrew people were God's chosen people to show the way of God and the love of God to a world that desperately needed him. So for, for a people that are supposed to be showing that, Manasseh was especially a terrible king. He took the temple, so the, the, the temple of Solomon, he took this temple and he basically made it a space for idol, idol worship. He brought in sex slaves to the temple, many other forms of superstition and evil magic and idol worship. And they basically just had freedom over the whole place. A place that was supposed to be a house of God, it basically was everything opposite of that. And the people just simply went along with it. If the king's doing it, so can we. Eugene Peterson, he's a biblical scholar, and he wrote an amazing book about the same topic. So I'm going to reference him a lot this morning. And if you want to read deeper into this, Running With Horses by Eugene Peterson. Amazing book. He says this, The great Solomon temple in Jerusalem, full of its holy simplicity, empty of any form of God so that the invisible God could be the, the focus of worship. Instead, it was swarmed with magicians and prostitutes. Idols, shaped as beasts and monsters, defiled the place. Lust and greed were deified. Murders were commonplace. Manasseh dragged the people into a mire far more stinking than anything the world had ever seen. Not a pretty picture. Not a pretty picture. So at the end of Manasseh's reign, we see the prophet of Jeremiah rise up. Jeremiah begins to feel a pull. He starts to feel a sense, feel a leading. This isn't right. Something isn't right. Manasseh eventually dies, and his son Amon takes over, and basically nothing changes. Amon basically just follows in the ways of his father and does the exact same thing. Amon is eventually murdered, but his son Josiah takes over at the age of eight. How many have around eight-year-olds in the room around there? Yeah, you can imagine him as king. <laughs> but something begins to change. Josiah fills the sense, this pull, that something isn't right. There's more. There's more and we're missing it. We aren't who we're supposed to be. So he, he starts renovating the temple, the place where God's spirit is supposed to be. And this amazing thing happens. As they begin to renovate this temple, they, they discover this old scroll. Now, if we were to see this old scroll, we would know it as the book of Deuteronomy, which is basically the story of Jeremiah's heritage. And Josiah's, watch Josiah's heritage, reading what it means to worship God for the first time. Reading, wow, this is how you love God. Reading how they're supposed to be. Wow, this is, this is what we could be? This is what we were supposed to be? Oh my goodness. This reform begins to happen in the city. The, the temple is restored and all this external reform starts bursting from God's people in the city. 
And while at the same time this is all happening, Jeremiah the prophet continues to quietly feel this pull, this feeling, God, there's more. I don't know quite what it is, but there's more. This is great and this is exciting, but, but we're not done yet. The temple is done, the massive renovation happens, and there's this massive celebration, this, this huge party celebrating all the, all the reform that has happened, and everything looks amazing. But Jeremiah stands up in the temple. Jeremiah stands up in the temple, and he shares this burden in his heart. See, the Reformation, it was good, it was needed, but it wasn't enough. Eugene Peterson writes this later in his book. The people were in the right place, They said the right words, but they were not right. The reform was necessary, yeah, but it wasn't enough. For religion is not a matter of arrangement or places or words, but of life and love, of mercy and obedience, of persons in a passion of faith. Standing, get this, standing in a church, singing a hymn does not make us holy any more than standing in a barn and neighing makes us a horse. It's been good, everybody. (laughs) Wow. Wow. (laughs) Standing in a church, singing a hymn does not make us holy any more than standing in a barn and neighing makes us a horse. Jeremiah was filled with the Holy Spirit. God's presence, urging the people to do the same. But the people were grieving the Holy Spirit, ignoring this pull, and instead simply just settling for an outside renovation. This is good enough. This feels good. This was easy. We're good. Jeremiah 7 says this, Will you steal and murder, commit adultery and perjury, burn incense to Baal and follow other gods that you do not know? And and Jeremiah starts speaking for the Lord here. And then come and stand before me in this house, talking on behalf of the Lord, which bears my name and say, we're safe, we're good. Safe to do these detestable things. Has this house, which bears my name, become a den of robbers to you? But I have been watching, declares the Lord. Jesus says something similar in the temple, doesn't he, in Mark 11? The religious leaders at the time, they they had made the the temple into this corrupt system where if you didn't have the right amount of money and if you weren't with the right people doing the right thing, you just didn't belong. What does Jesus say? Similar to what Jeremiah said, isn't it? What have you made my house into? This is supposed to be a house of prayer, but instead you've made it into a den of thieves. You're grieving the Holy Spirit. You're grieving the Holy Spirit. You let the exterior of your lives look better. The building looks great, but have you let the renovation all the way in? Wow. When Jeremiah looked at the people, he saw the renovation of the temple, the renovation of the city, but the renovation stopped there. It didn't go deeper. They didn't let the spirit in. When Jesus looked at the temple, you know, the leaders, the people that they should have known, you know, these were the religious leaders that they would have known the story of Jeremiah. They would have known the story of Manasseh. They would have known the story of Josiah. But they hadn't let the spirit in. The renovation stopped on the outside. They looked the part. They looked the part. But it hadn't gone all the way in. 
And Paul in Ephesians right here is writing out of that same burdened heart. Do not stop the renovation just on the outside. We've been talking about this the entire book of Ephesians, and it's such a powerful and beautiful truth. Take on the new self. Let the renovation all the way in. Let the renovation all the way in. Over and over again, time after time, through the history of the world and God's people, God continually invites humanity deeper. There's more. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. When the work is happening, don't build up a dam to stop the flow of the Holy Spirit. You know, another translation actually says, do not quench the Holy Spirit. It's like putting out a fire. We may not live in a society here where we have temples that are full of magicians or prostitutes influencing us to, you know, live a life that's in rebellion of God. Instead, we have more social acceptable rebellions, don't we? Paul unwraps a list of these, and we've been talking about them for the last two weeks, and he's going he's gonna to touch on more as we go deeper, but he gets into things like sexual sin, unfaithfulness to our spouse, selfishness, Stealing, lying, what we watch, what we let into our minds, what we look at when no one is watching us, what we think about when we're alone in our minds. That's all the stuff that makes us us, doesn't it? That's, that's, the, that's the inward renovation. Have we let the renovation stop on the outside? Do we grieve the work of the Spirit? Let's even pull that line apart a little bit for a moment. Grieve the Holy Spirit. One theologian said this, the fact that he can be grieved shows that the Holy Spirit is a person, not just a mere influence. It also means he loves us because only a person who loves can be grieved. The favorite ministry of God's Spirit is to glorify Christ and change the believer into his likeness. Not just mimic, but change. There are other translations, as I said, that that say, do not quench the Holy Spirit, almost like a fire hose putting out a fire, just putting it out. If you are a follower of Jesus, if you have surrendered your life to King Jesus, given him your whole health saying, I'm yours, the presence of God, the Holy Spirit is alive inside of you empowering and shaping you to be like Jesus, freeing and making you new. It's a one-time and every-time thing. Isn't that amazing how Pastor Tim phrased that a couple weeks ago? Do you remember that? It's a one-time and every-time thing. That has stuck with me. I love that. Fueling you and empowering you to follow Jesus and do what he did. Because let's be honest for a moment. All of these behaviors and, you know, lifestyle ethics that Paul is talking about and that Jesus showed us how to live, it's impossible to maintain on our own, isn't it? Like Adam prayed this amazing prayer this morning in pre-service prayer, which I just want to say once again, we already had church this morning at 930. You guys are all catching up. (laughs) Oh man, thank you, Jesus, for those rich times of prayer together. Oh man, thank you, Jesus. But he prayed this prayer of, you know, May we be open to your spirit remaking us on the inside out because one way is all about white knuckling and just trying your best. And one way is actually surrender and relaxing in King Jesus. 
wow, it's impossible to do on our own. We need a helper. We need to be remade new. We need to be new people. Paul says this in Romans 12, therefore I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So don't conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There's that new language again, renewing of your mind. Allow yourself to be transformed by the presence of God. So the flip side of that would be grieving the presence of God, ignoring the transformation. So as followers of Jesus, we can actually grieve or ignore the, transform, the transforming work of God. You know, in moments when we feel the pull to do something we shouldn't, and instead of listening to the pull of the Holy Spirit and, you know, as it say, to flee from temptation, instead we walk right into it. You know, when I look at something I know I shouldn't, when I want to lie and cover something up, when I want to talk poor about somebody because I think it's going to make me feel better, the invitation from Jesus is to let that desire to do right be stronger than the desire to do wrong. That's the invitation from Jesus. I was talking to a friend this week. We were praying together and we were sharing some stuff. And then I asked, how can I be praying for you this week? And man, he gave such an insightful and real answer. And it's amazing because he had no idea what I was preaching on this week or what the Lord had been showing me this week. He asked me this, could you be praying for the courage and the strength to act on the urges that I feel from the Holy Spirit? It's like, yes, I can. <laughs> could you be praying for the courage to listen deeply to what God is saying to me, what, what God is saying to me, and, and that I would actually just, I would, I would listen, that I would be filled, and that I would listen. That is allowing the transforming work of God happen. That is allowing the renovation to go deep, to actually change my first instinct. Like, God, I want my, in, my first instinct to do what you're showing me to do. God, I want my first instinct to be what you're, to be in rhythm with what you're doing. God, what are you doing? I want that to be my first instinct. What if that's, what if that's how we approached every day? What, what if we approached every day like that? What if our first thought when we opened our eyes in the morning was come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. See that? That's what Jesus wanted for the Pharisees and the religious leaders. We sometimes see this anger from Jesus towards the religious leaders. And it's kind of like you can almost see it like, wow, Jesus, you were such a rebel. You were just like anti-church, but you weren't, but you were. And it's like, no, like this was, this was an insider's critique. Like Jesus was a rabbi. He was a, he was a teacher. And he's looking at his fellow Pharisees and rabbis and saying, guys, this isn't who we're supposed to be. We're missing it. That was what Jesus wanted for his leaders. He wanted, he wanted them to let the presence in. Let the presence of God you talk so much about and put on such a good show for actually change your heart. Let that be who you are. That was what Jeremiah was so burdened for. They cleaned out the temple, but they didn't clean out their own souls. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Be transformed by the presence of God. 
submission, and surrender. I am, I am extremely excited for the days ahead. I'm so excited that Michelle and Andrew are coming. There are just, there's my, my, I, I know God's working because my imagination just keeps going. Like it's just dream after dream after dream and it's been so exciting. And I am, I am really excited to go into all of it with you. I really am. And Jesse and I both, like we've just been, we find ourselves at the end of a day now more like dreaming together and talking about, no, what if we did this? What if we did? But we cannot grieve the Holy Spirit and think we're gonna see all the things happen that we're believing for. We can't believe for all of those things and yet at the same time grieve the Holy Spirit. Between now and uh, July 11th, as Pastor Tim was saying at the beginning, I'm gonna unplug a little bit. I'm not gonna travel anywhere or go anywhere, but I'm gonna try to just kind of distance myself a little bit throughout the week, not on Sundays, but just, just to listen and be ready to receive what the Lord wants to give us this season. And I, I wanna invite you into that with me. I know, I know unplugging may look different for all of us, but I wanna invite you into that. Like, let's see what the Lord says. Let's see what the Lord does. I want, I want us to be so filled by the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, that the very air around us just starts to become sweeter because God is so close. I want us to be so filled with the Holy Spirit, our friends and our families have to ask, why are you the way that you are? You used to be a really angry person, but now you're just, you're really patient. What's happening? You know, I would love those questions. Like what? I don't, so I've noticed something really different about you guys. What's going on? I want us to be so filled by the Holy Spirit. We see businesses and the economy of Graham and Ann begin to flourish in the name of Jesus. Right? Like that's, that's, what, the, that's what God's presence does when he enters a, a people. It's not just us that change. It's, it becomes contagious. It begins to shift the world. So there are, there are two virtues Basically something we, nur- nur- we nurture and we feed and we grow and we exercise. Two, two virtues that have just been coming to my mind over the last little while that I want to give to you guys that for, for us to be praying into together. Would you do that with me? Two things. A people who listen. I believe the Lord is saying to us, he's looking for a people who listen. And number two, a people who respond. A people who listen and a people who respond. That's always been the invitation from Jesus, or sorry, from God to his people. From the very beginning. See, there's a life to live when the Holy Spirit fills you. There's a life to live when the Holy Spirit fills you. Jesus said that we are the light of the world. Let it shine. You know what's that song we used to sing? This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Right? That's what that song is about. It's not supposed to be a secret. It's supposed to be freedom. It's not supposed to be a secret. It's supposed to be freedom. Here's my, here's my challenge with those two virtues I just gave you. Here's my simple challenge and response this week. It's my challenge and my response this week too, and I want to invite you into it with me. Every morning before we turn on our phones, you know, we check the news, whatever our morning routine is, well, get your coffee. You can get your coffee first. I'm going to be getting my coffee first, so you can get your coffee first but simply invite the Holy Spirit into your day. And just with a simple prayer, come Holy Spirit. Before we do anything else, 
before the stress, before the worries, before the budgets, before anything else, would we just say, come Holy Spirit? God, before I, before I put my hand to anything else, I know there's gonna be a lot I gotta worry about, a lot I gotta, before any fights that need to happen this morning, whatever the thing is, before I do anything, I just wanna say, come Holy Spirit. May you be my starting point. You know, maybe for the last few months, I'm gonna end with this, maybe over the last few months or weeks, we've been talking about some pretty heavy stuff. You know, getting rid of this old self and letting this, these, these, these sinful ways kind of go away. But you've been really overwhelmed. Like, how am I supposed to do that? I don't know. Maybe begin by simply asking the presence of God to come. Come Holy Spirit. Maybe in the midst of the anger, you feel it rising up in you, and it's come Holy Spirit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to surrender what I feel is my right to be angry, and instead, I'm going to take on the life of Jesus and say, I'm choosing faith, hope, and love. Come Holy Spirit. Maybe, maybe you've been a follower of Jesus for a long time. And just like the people in Jeremiah who knew something, just like Jeremiah, he knew something wasn't right, and you feel like there's this, this is great, but oh, I mean, I really feel in my soul that there's more. And that's the best way you can describe it. I don't, I don't know even what to put it to, how to put it to words. It's just more. And you don't know where to start. Maybe you're, you're restless in that and you don't really know. Maybe you've gotten frustrated. Maybe you've been irritated because you don't really know where to go next. There's this tugging in your soul. Invite the Holy Spirit to come in. Start the conversation. May we start the conversation together. Come Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. I'm going to stop what I'm doing. I'm going to stop the frustration. I'm going to pause all of the needing to figure it out. And I'm just going to say, come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. That's how we change. You know, all the stuff that Paul's talking about, about putting on the new self, that can't happen without the Spirit. Remaking us from the inside out. No masks, no pretending, no needing to dress it up, no white knuckling, just freedom. Freedom and love, filled with the love and the peace of God. I am so excited. I am so excited for what's happening. I'm so excited to, for the July 11th, and I'm so excited that the stuff that Pastor Tim's going to go and do, like, in the name of Jesus, bless where he puts his hands in the name of Jesus. Like, what a gift that we get to be in this together, right? We're all on the same team doing the same thing in the name of Jesus. We need each other. May we hunger and thirst together for what God is doing. A people who listen and a people who respond. A people who listen and a people who respond. Would you pray with me today? God, I just, I, I don't want to rush out of this moment. I know it's hot. I know it's hot. But Lord, would we, would we not leave this room without responding to whatever pull may be in our soul right now? Maybe throughout this whole morning, like I was, I was saying the word more. Maybe there's this, there's this pull in this heart for more and we have not ever been able to put words to it. We just have felt, I feel like I'm, I'm there, but I'm not all the way there. Lord, would we, would, we, would, we be, would we be courageous enough to invite your Holy Spirit to show us the next step towards more? 
God, as we, as we go into this new building, as we go into these new seasons, as we, as we go into realities like new leadership and, and new staff and all of these things, Lord, beyond our own human ability to create good systems and, and, and good organization, which is all really important, may the first cornerstone that we put down be your presence. May we be people, as I felt like you've been calling us to, be a people who listen, aware of what your spirit is saying, and hungry for it, hungry for your presence, but then also be people who hear and then respond, a people who walk in your presence, a people who walk in your rhythm, a people so full of your presence and your closeness, it's just this contagious atmosphere around us, not because of us, but because of you. Holy Spirit, would you come and speak to my brothers and sisters in this room right now? I can't believe I'm here. I can't believe I'm here getting to do this with these people in your name. What a gift. What a gift. God, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening and joining us today. If you'd like to know more about the Lighthouse Church, you can find us on Facebook, at Lighthouse Graham and Ann, or on Instagram at The Lighthouse GM. We'd love to chat with you more. Maybe something jumped out at you or grabbed your attention while you were listening today. We would love to talk with you and discuss some of the deeper questions of life together. God loves you, we love you, and we're in this together. <laughs>